Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Good morning, everyone. It's a new week. Here we are in April. And I'm super excited because uh, Catherine Hudson is back on with us. She was on um, last year, I think, maybe the year before. I don't know, but she's fantastic. And if you haven't read her yet, you're in for a huge treat. And she has a brand new series, Urban Fantasy, to share with you. So I'll read her bio so you can get to know her, and then we'll be off. So International best-selling author Catherine Hudson has been writing dark fantasy, sci-fi, and LGBTQ speculative fiction since 2000, with her wildly messed-up heroes, excruciating circumstances, impossible decisions, and happily never-afters. She's a firm believer in piling on intense action, showing a little character skin, and never skimping on violent means to bloody ends. Catherine is an active member of SFWA and HWA and lives in Colorado with her husband, daughter, and two dogs. For updates on her releases and sales and deals, you can check out her newsletter. I did put a link on the Blog Talk site. So you can click that anytime and sign up for her newsletter and check out all the book covers and see what's coming. And without any further delay, are you there, Catherine? I am here, Lisa. Hi. Hi. It's so great to have you back. And you have an urban fantasy series this time. You want to tell everybody about The Witching Vault? Yes, I sure do. Um, Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. I always love coming on. Um, So my, my newest um, series that's partially out right now, I've got three books out of the five, um, is, and it is dark urban fantasy with um, <laughs> a lot of snark and action and uh, violence and chaos and <laughs> a bit of a, a humorous bent, which has been really fun to um, draw all those things together at once. And um, I, I like to sum up this entire series with, you know, of course, everyone's got their tagline for all books, all series. This is um, an apprentice witch with a criminal past, inherits a magical bank that can think for itself, and the clientele are almost as dangerous as what's inside their safety deposit boxes. <laughs> there you have it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's a wild ride, for sure. It's um, definitely different than any of my other books to date. It has a, a completely different feel and style, and it's the first time that I've brought um, urban fantasy as a genre under my belt, but so far, so good. It seems to be an absolute favorite among my readers, which is always a good sign. Yeah, that's so cool, and I have to ask because usually I read a lot of urban fantasy and I usually, you know, they're a bounty hunter or a detective or something like that. So, so how'd you come up with the idea that she's going to inherit a bank with dangerous safe deposit boxes? (laughs) That's, uh, it actually came, the idea came from um, a completely different series that I had um, been working on for a ghostwriting client of mine. And um, I, it's not a spinoff of any of their books, just to make that clear. But I had I'd come up with the idea then, and I had pitched it to my client, um, and they didn't want it. So I said, okay, well, I'll just keep this for myself. 
Yeah, um, maybe that was so, meant to be. You know, it, it, I think so. It popped up organically while, you know, writing something different, completely unrelated. Um, and then I, I just let it kind of, you know, sit and brew for probably about a year before I, I turned it into an actual idea. Um, and I've also written a lot of urban fantasy. This is the first urban fantasy um, that is out under my own name, but I've, I've spent quite a bit of time ghostwriting urban fantasy, and I didn't want to go the, the what seems to be the normal route right now with um, uh, detectives or bounty hunters or, you know, anybody who's really in a sort of law enforcement position. Um, so the, the uh, magical bank aspect was the first idea, and then, um, you know, I still... I still have my love of really hardcore, snarky, independent female leads. Um, so I put her in a bank and kind of tossed her to the wolves. She is um, an ex-con and has a criminal record and uh, hilarity and chaos ensues when she just tries to do the right thing and can't quite figure out how everything works. <laughs> <laughs> And so typically in urban fantasy, there is some sort of, um, you know, romance subplot going on. Does she have somebody? Is it a client with a safety deposit box? Or does she have a significant no. other? <laughs> um, she, so there's, um, there is something that uh, develops with, yes, a, a walk-in client of the bank that she inherits. Um, it's a very slow-burn romantic subplot through all five books. Um, they, uh, Jessica is the main character, and, and there's a, a sneaky fae named Leanders who comes in and, and starts all kinds of trouble. Um, they, they really, really, really don't like each other <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> So they're, they're thrust together under these, um, you know, dire circumstances. Um, Jessica doesn't trust him. The readers definitely don't trust him. But uh, there is there is a, a slow burn romance plot through there. And um, I still like to keep the focus on all the action and, and uh, the dark secrets and discoveries. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a little bit of everything in this one. Love it. And you said there's going to be five books, right? Yes, there will be five. Uh, the first three are out right now. Um, book four, oh, well, the first three are uh, The Witching Vault, The Curse of Fae, and The Secret Coin. Um, book four, The Poisoned Veil, will be out at the end of April. And then um, book five, The Spellcast Gate, will be out Either the end of May or beginning of June. <laughs> wow! Wow! Wiggle that around. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. That's you're you're writing a lot of words. I I sure am. I've I've been writing a lot of words for the last two and a half years. Um, you know, like I said, I'm also a fiction ghostwriter, and um, writing fiction is what I do full time. That is my job. That's uh, how I support my family, and I've been writing like a crazy person to my clients for two and a half years, and I've finally gotten to a point where I now have <laughs> more time to write like a crazy person for myself. 
<laughs> Yay! I'm, uh, yeah, testing out these new waters. It's really exciting, and um, I fully understand now that there is a method to the madness of rapid releasing. They're not, but the books haven't come out a month apart. That feels a little too tight to me, but it's close. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, that kind of dovetails into my next question is usually the readers are always curious about what your writing journey is like and your writing journey has included, you know, a bunch of a bunch of ghost writing as well and how different is that from writing under your own name? Do you feel freer under your own name or or more nervous because your name's on it or, you know, how's it different? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I have, you know, in the very, very beginning of um, my ghostwriting work, uh, the ghostwriting was actually more difficult <laughs> because I was, you know, you have, to, you have to learn how to adopt someone else's voice and writing style and the way they, they structure their stories. Um, so I was still learning. The, the learning curve was particularly short or fast, I guess you could say for me. It, it took me about uh, three or four months to get a handle on kind of rewiring my brain for my ghostwriting projects. Um, And now it actually is, you know, a lot more freeing for me to sit down and and write these books that are for my clients um, because (laughs) it is not attached to my name. (laughs) But also I I don't have that... um, uh, I guess the expectation of what happens next when I'm finished writing, you know, as, as um, an indie author, I do everything on my own. You know, I have a, a team and I outsource to different professionals who help me with things that I just can't do, like cover design. <laughs> just, right. Cover design, but, uh, editing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You need help with all of it. Um, but I always have that in the back of my mind when I'm writing my own, meet this deadline for writing my own book, then it's not, that's not the only deadline. I still have to organize everything else and get, getting my book and various, you know, pieces of packaging it before publication into the right people's hands so they can do their part. And it's, um, it's definitely much more stressful than ghostwriting, which uh, with that, all I have to do is, you know, write the book and turn it in and uh, then I'm on to the next one and that's it. <laughs> um, so there's, it's different in that way. Um, I really, 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 really enjoy the fact that I can write as many books as I am writing. Um, my clients can just turn them in and that's all I have to do. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and for people yeah. who might who might not know, um, ghostwriting is, you know, you're writing the book, but it has a name of a, a brand or an author or whatever on on the book. And you get paid as soon as you turn it in, as opposed to waiting for royalties. So really, you don't have to worry about if the book sells or not. Right. Because you you turn in your turn in your project and you get paid and then you can do the next one and you don't really have to worry about what comes next like you do on your own book where you're like, oh, I got to make the money back to pay for the cover and the editor, right? Right, right. exactly. And, you know, there is a little bit of a, a um, caveat there with, you know, some of my bigger clients who I have been writing for consistently for the last two years. Um, 
you know, I write series for them. These series are anywhere between eight and in one series is the most I've done. Um, but I still do want the books to sell, obviously. <laughs> right, right. The series for me, you know. <laughs> um, right. But I, but I don't have to constantly, you know, check in and do all the tweaking and the marketing and handle all the other um, production cost stuff, which is a big relief. <laughs> I just get to write, and that's really why I, I got into ghostwriting in the first place because I, um, I wanted a challenge and I wanted something that would enable me to just do nothing but sit down on my computer and write. That's really my favorite part. Um, and getting paid for it is, of course, <laughs> fantastic. Money. Yeah, that's a bonus. Yes. <laughs> so did you always want to be a writer or did that come to you later, you know, after you had kids or what was your writing journey like? Yes, I have always, it, it feels like always, I've, I've wanted to be an author and do this professionally since I was 10, which is when I started writing. Um, and as soon as I discovered, you know, what writing actually was, you know, that light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, I can make my own stories. <laughs> I can make a story. What? Whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't have to be upset that someone else didn't finish a book or a movie or whatever the way I wanted, I can actually use my own. Um, from that moment on, this has always been my goal. So um, I, I actually finished the first draft of what became my first two books when I was a junior in high school. Um, and then I went to the University of Colorado at Boulder uh, for a bachelor's in creative writing fiction. And I followed it all the way, all the way to college. I you can't say all the way through to the end. Life got in the way, and um, I didn't go. I didn't go all the way through to getting my PhD in creative writing, which was the original plan. But um, now I've, you know, I've come back around full circle to where I'm writing far more than I ever would have been able to if I had ended up teaching creative writing. Um, right and. And yeah, so it's it's been a dream come true, really, just in a very <laughs> roundabout way. And um, my daughter being born, she's four now. Um, when she was a little over one year old, I hadn't really written anything, uh, probably since my brain went down the toilet when I was pregnant. Right, um, right. Pregnancy I, brain. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's so bad. And it's so hard to find the time, um, really, you know, to write, first of all, when you're a new parent, but also really just to find the time for anything besides your baby. Um, right. And I, I, realized, I realized when she was one that if I didn't commit to um, a plan, you know, which I'd never structured my writing before because I had all the time in the world before becoming a mom, um, but I realized that if I didn't have a structure and a plan, and commit to, you know, a certain number of words um, per day for a certain period of time, but I've, there's a very real chance that I would just stop writing, you know, like life gets in the way, and that was a huge um, learning experience for me in terms of prioritizing what had always been my passion um, without, of course, you know, abandoning my responsibilities as a new mom. 
Um, right. And I made it work. <laughs> and that, um, yeah, that, that was in 2018. Um, and that year I published, I wrote and published um, an entire trilogy and then also published um, Sleepwater Beat, which is the first book in my um, dystopian my LGBTQ plus dystopian sci-fi series, Blue Helix, and that book actually put me on the map, um, made me an international best-selling author after it released, and then I just <laughs> kept finding ways to get deeper and deeper into this into this career author hole. It's not a, not a bad right. place to be. Um, <laughs> no, no, but, but it's, it's constantly so changing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it sure is. Yes, it is. I'm yes. always learning new things, always figuring out how to improve. And if I ever get to the point where I feel like I know everything there is to know, that's when um, I can be sure I've done something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so I have to ask, since you're writing a witch and, you know, urban fantasy, have you thought about what kind of magic you wish you could conjure? Oh, wow. That is a good question. <laughs> I, I write about so many different kinds of magic. I, I don't ever really think about it in my own life. I um, Right? Yeah. I it would, would be so great yeah. to have fairies <laughs> come clean your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. I would love to, um, I don't know, be able to interact with, speak with, like in a, in a, uh, I guess, a more tangible way, right? Seeing them, hearing them talk to spirits, any kind of magical beings, right? That would be great. Um, or also being able to conjure up whatever I wanted in the moment, like a plate of food <laughs> or, right. you know, a new pair <laughs> of shoes or, like, all this book that I've been really wanting to read and I haven't made the time to get. I'll just whip that right up and... <laughs> read it yeah remember in bewitched she could just shake her nose and think it was right there that would be handy yeah yeah that would be very nice I, I don't know if I can wiggle <laughs> my nose like that <laughs> I know I can't I tried when I was a kid I was like oh please come on nah. <laughs> you have to have the special skill and then the magic comes later <laughs> I guess so yeah <laughs> So how has it been for you? It sounds like you've been really productive, but I've been asking all the authors who come on um, during this past year or so of the pandemic of how how it's been for you creating during that, because I know a lot of writers, we like to go out and write and people watch and that has not been happening. And then when the world's on fire everywhere, it's like, mm-hmm. how do I make my brain function for five minutes? Um, how have you dealt with the yeah. pandemic and writing? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent topic. And I know it's, it's been so different, you know, for everyone. Um, I actually, I used to be one of those writers who could go out and write in public and be around people. Um, I can no longer do that. <laughs> that. That stopped around the time my daughter was born. It's just, I, I, uh, I just have, you know, social anxiety and I get too distracted by things moving around me. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. I am already a very uh, strong introvert and I work out of my home office that's my, my happy place <laughs> here all the time. Um, so in that sense, fortunately, things for me weren't 
all that affected. You were training for this day. (laughs) I knew it was coming. I had to prepare. You know, I've been really, really fortunate in that way. I know my husband has uh, probably been losing, well, not probably. He's been struggling with being stuck at home. He likes to get out and be around people. Um, And he um, stopped working uh, the October before the pandemic arrived, I suppose, um, to be a stay-at-home dad. So he's been he's been in the house with a four-year-old when she's not at school, and I know that's difficult for him. Yeah. But um, for for my writing process and getting into the zone, um, there hasn't been that much of a change, fortunately. Um, I do remember last year. Um, when the the protests um, the protests over George Floyd's murder in May last year started up, mm-hmm. that was thing that really actually did affect my creative process and my ability to focus. Um, you know, we have a lot of family kind of spread out all across the country, and um, there were. You know, some violent outbursts that had occurred very close to um, a really close family of ours. Um, and so there was there was that fear kind of there, you know, and then the fact that right. there was really nothing we could do about it uh, from the other side of the country. And, and then also, you know, I had been feeling the, the collective frustration and tension when the pandemic started and right you know, for those of us who are who are intense empaths right we don't <laughs> I learned that you don't necessarily have to be physically around anyone to feel that coming through you know you see it yeah. in the news and, and the media and whatever else whatever other places um and so time period may june july um when things were really kicking up with um, the the protests over George Floyd's murder and just everything that was sort of kicked up, yeah, <laughs> you know, from under the it rug, makes it as hard as to it very concentrate. Well should have been, yeah, absolutely. And I I got very I got very anxious. I had a really hard time focusing, and and um, that was it, yeah, it, it's difficult to to. See, you know, because I'm shut up in my office. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, not nearly as involved as a lot of people were um, in this country and, you know, all over the world at that time. Um, so it's so hard to watch those things, and I wanted to be informed. Um, right. And feel like, you know, there's nothing that I can do personally, right, which has since changed, and I have found ways um, to – just get involved in whatever from where I am stationary, right? But we all have through this pandemic, <laughs> right? Finding ways to make it work from afar. Um, but that was yeah. really the most most difficulty I had, and and yes, fortunately, I had been been training. Yes, <laughs> training for this okay. day. <laughs> yeah, and you're ready for the Thank zombie apocalypse. Have. I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to get some kind of hardcore security system around the house first. <laughs> so yeah, when you're <laughs> right, I hope not. 
Um, so when you're busy writing, are you also reading? Do you have people that inspire you? Like I know there's certain authors I can read and it fires me up to go write. I read Kelly Armstrong. I'm like, dang it, I got to go write. Um, <laughs> do you have go-to <laughs> authors that get you inspired to write? I do. Um, Stephen King is at the top of, of my list for those. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, his, his Dark Tower series is my all-time favorite. And uh, just see, it was at the beginning of March, I finished reading the seven-book series for the 10th time. Um, wow. I've been reading it since I was in high school, I think. Yeah, so it's that much of a favorite of mine. I think anyone who has <laughs> read that series and enjoyed it and the way it ended um, may understand <laughs> how a person can read that series so many times. Um, and then I also really love um, Jacqueline Carey and um, Diana Gabaldon's Outlander series, which, you know, for someone who doesn't read a lot of romance and dials down the romance and they write it, how much more it has in it than just the romance. And that's why I love it so much. Um, and, um, John Irving and Neil Gaiman are always uh, at the top of my list, too. John Irving is the only author in there who doesn't write fantasy or some form of it, but I I still love him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and you can't go wrong with with Neil Gaiman. When uh, we we were moving across the country, I had gotten um, on my Audible subscription, The Sandman had just come out in Audible, and I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but it has quite the production value, and so many stars are the different characters, and it was so fantastic. (laughs) I highly recommend if you like Neil Gaiman. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, that's that's awesome to hear. I haven't heard anything about how the, how the audiobooks went. I read those graphic novels in high school and they, Oh, really just hit me in the heart. I love them so much. So I will, yeah, I'll have to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go get, it's like over 10 hours of listening joy. It's so good. And it's so fantastically narrated. It's, it's really fantastic. So if you love um, Neil Gaiman and the Sandman, definitely go get that audio because, wow, that was amazing. And Neil Gaiman is in the audio too. He's the narrator. So anytime where yes. it's just the narrator talking, it's actually Neil Gaiman. So it's like, oh, <laughs> it's really great. Well, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. And he would know how to narrate, you know, what started as a series of graphic novels. You know, so it would be hard, but he could do it. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yay. Well, you'll have to email me later and we'll discuss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so what's next for you? What what's coming up next? What are you working on? Yeah, so I I am um of course still working on those last two books in the Accessory to Magic series. Um, but that is <laughs> That will be shortly finished, um, which is good. And then after that, I'm turning back to the Blue Helix series, um, starting up book three, which when I started the series, I didn't even intend for it to be a series. So it's great to see that uh, the, the story and the characters have continued even this far. And I know that my readers who really love Sleepwater Beat and Sleepwater Static are 
chomping at the bit. <laughs> I get emails all the time. <laughs> it's great that you have these new books out, but I'm waiting for the next the Helix book. So when are you doing that? They will be they will be happy <laughs> to hear that I'm writing on that <laughs> series again. Um, and then from there, you know, it's up in the air. I have a, a hard time looking much further into the future than, you know, six months. Books, yeah. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, so we'll do, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe finishing the Accessory to Magic series will spark some other fantastic and crazy idea, and I'll run with that, too. <laughs> right, right. And you're still ghostwriting, too, right? Are you ghostwriting and writing yes. your own at the same time? I certainly am. I, you know, eventually, hopefully very soon, um, that will, you know, that will change a little bit, and I'll be spending 90% of my time on writing my own things and um, 10% on ghostwriting instead of the opposite right now. But, right. Hey, you know, that's the goal. There's often, there are always ways to improve, and that's one of them. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's fantastic. Well, we're rapidly running out of time, so I just want to find out um, how how do you like readers to get in touch with you? Is it through your newsletter or your website? Are you on social media? How can they get connected? Yes, it's all of them. <laughs> um, my newsletter, signing up to my newsletter is a great place to start um, because you get my very Subscribers and readers there get all of the information and announcements and opportunities and surprises first before anyone else. Um, and uh, that you can subscribe to my um, newsletter on my website. That's KatherineHudsonFiction.com. Um, and then I always love getting emails. So even if you're not on my newsletter, you can email me. KatherineHudsonFiction.com. <laughs> And then I am I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Catherine Hudson Fiction and on Twitter at Exquisitely Dark. Oh, love it! Well, everybody, go check <laughs> out the the Accessory to Magic series. It sounds so fun, and check out what's in those scary safety deposit boxes. And <laughs> and thanks so much for being here again, Catherine. Thank you for having me, Lisa. It's always a great time. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.